Hi friends, welcome back to another episode of I'd Rather Be Reading. I am so glad you're here and just in case you're joining me for the first time, I am Rachel Birchfield, your host, and I wanted to say a heartfelt thank you for being here and for sharing my love of books, specifically nonfiction books. I am a writer, an editor at Marie Claire Magazine, and a podcaster. In addition to this show, I also co-host a podcast about the British royal family called Podcast Royal, so check that out if it's your thing. Today, I've got a fellow podcaster on the show, Jenna Kutcher, one of the most well-known and beloved podcasters out there whose Gold Digger podcast is one of the most successful entrepreneurial podcasts that exists today. Jenna is a small town Minnesota wedding photographer, obviously a podcaster, blogger, educator, and now author, whose first book, How Are You Really? Living Your Truth, One Answer at a Time, comes out tomorrow, June 28th. Jenna was born to write a book. She is a natural teacher, storyteller, a voice of reason and wisdom. You can pick that up by just listening to one episode of Gold Digger. This book is so authentically Jenna. Everything, every page feels like her at her core. That is one of the many things I love about Jenna, how she is who she is all the way. And her true self shines through every page of this book. Jenna is living her dreams professionally and personally. And in this book, she takes everything she's learned and demystifies for readers the steps to take to create their own truly fulfilled lives. She talks about finding out who you are, who your support system is, and how you can get to the life of your dreams using the tools you already have. If the past two years have taught us anything, it's that time is not promised. And that today is the day to, if you're not already, start living the life of your dreams. How are you really? It's a question we all deserve to ask ourselves. And if we don't like the answer, we deserve to make steps towards ensuring that we're one day closer to answering that question with happiness, joy, and contentment. Take a listen to our really meaningful conversation. Jenna, welcome to the show. I'm so excited you're here today. Oh, thank you, Rachel. Let's talk. This is going to be so good. Let's have a conversation. Let's <laughs> ask each other, how are you really? Because the book is, is so good and it encourages us to ask ourselves every day, how are you really? I told you offline just a second ago that I've adopted this practice since I read the book about a month ago. And it really is such a great check-in for, yeah. for yourself. And, and the emphasis being in that sentence on the word really, because mm -hmm. we hear, how are you? so much in life, yeah. right? But it's so, it's so just on the surface. And this question forces you to ask yourself, no, how are you really? And you start the book by citing, I mean, I'm a big self-help book yeah. person, right? And yeah. you start the book by citing so many self-help related content saying that we need to empower ourselves. We hear that all the time, but you ask wisely, I think, when do we ever our, allow ourselves to lose the power. I think yeah. that is a great question to start with. I'm from Kansas, as I just told you offline yeah. a moment ago. So the Wizard of Oz, if you've seen that movie, yes. us, that we always <laughs> had the power, right? But yeah. I guess, when did we allow ourselves to lose it? 
You know, it's so interesting when I started the writing process, a woman um, that inspired many of the pages in the book, which I talk about in the epilogue um, was talking to me one day and she's like, oh, your book, it's going to empower so many people. And she goes, no, no, empower isn't the right word. Your book is going to enrich people's lives. And Mm -hmm. that word enrich like stood out to me because I was like, empower implies again, that like we've lost the power and someone needs to give it to you. But I truly do believe that the power has always been within us. And it's so fascinating being a mom of a little vivacious daughter and just seeing that level of like confidence and like not caring what other people think and this self-belief and this creativity. And it really does show me like seeing this every single day that like as adults, we've like really dimmed our light. Like we've stopped trusting ourselves. We've stopped trying we stopped exploring, we stopped being curious. And so it is fascinating because I do think that we, in this beautifully empowered society that we live in, where women are quote, claiming back the power. I think it's just important to note that I believe that we've always had it in us. It's just time to awaken it again. Oh, yes, that is it. That is it. We always have had it. It's just, let's call it back let's call it back out. And that's what this book does. That that's a perfect encapsulation of what this book did for me. So I want to talk about the life inventory early in the book, you challenge your readers to take a life inventory, which was really, honestly, it was really, um, it, it really helped me kind of take stock of where I am. I have just like you, just like so many of us, so many dreams have come true. There are still so many that I have left to have come true. And so how did you come up with what to include in the life inventory? Because that could have been, you know, that could have been a whole book. Yeah. How did you come up with, with what to include in that life inventory? Yeah. You know, something fascinating in my life is that, you know, we often talk about to-do lists and I feel like my not to-do list has been the thing that has kept me in my life more meaning like boundaries. Like, what does that look like? And when you think about it, people at the end of their lives, like the one thing they want is more time. Right. And so when we look at our lives, our days as our currency, it's important that one, the things that we're doing are meaningful, but two, that we're not just like waiting for someday. And so in the book, it says like, I want you to do a full on forensic, like life inventory. I want for you to like deconstruct the things that you are doing day in and day out, because a lot of times it's like, if you, I mean, how many of us, we blink and another year passes and it's like, how is time right now? Yes. Time is moving halfway over so fast. And so it's really important that we really look at like, what are the things that are bringing me joy? Where am I dreading things? What am I not excited about? What am I curious about? What do I wish I had more time for? Like all of these things. I think so many of us are just moving through life that we're not actually paying attention to the way that we're living our life. And the whole goal is like, I want you to wake up to your life. I don't want for you to like, look back at these days and say, those were the good ones. And I missed it. Or I don't want for you to be like, I was there, but I wasn't really there in your own life. And so when you do a life inventory, it allows you to be awake to like, Hey, I say this thing really matters to me. But if you took a look at my day to day, you wouldn't be able to tell that, or you wouldn't be able to see that my bigger vision or bigger goal is this because of my actions today. And so it's really just to make sure that there's full alignment in the life that you want and the life that you're living so that you are inching your way closer to the other. 
Yes. And it's beautiful. And so let's say a reader takes the life inventory and they realize through it, wow, I'm in the wrong place in my personal life, in my professional life, in both um, wrong location. You ask in the book, how do we get from here to there without leaving a path of destruction behind us? Right. Because, you know, change not only affects us, but it oftentimes affects those around us as well, Mm -hmm. for better or worse. And Mm -hmm. you write about that first shaky step being where the magic happens, where we put words to what's in our heart. I can remember I'm a full-time writer now. I have a journalism degree, but I did another career for years because when I was coming out of college in 2009, newspapers, magazines were folding and my professors told me get a backup plan. So I did, I did, I went to grad school. I I had a backup plan and, and I remember being in a, in a seminar. I I'm so big on self-help stuff. And, um, the person speaking said, you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing with your life. And so many of you are not doing it. And I felt so seen in that moment that I actually left the seminar and went to my car and I cried. And that's when I started taking that long before I had the opportunity and the honor to read your book. I wish I would have had it many years before. That's when I started taking steps to make my dreams spoken out loud. And, you know, you know what that's like. You write about your own journey in the book. You write about that fear of knowing if you put words to it, you actually now have to live up to it, right? You actually have to do it. And uh, tell us a little bit about your dream of becoming a wedding photographer and how you took your own first step towards achieving it. You know, what's so crazy, Rachel, that you just said is um, that line of like, there's something, you know, you need to do and you're not doing it. Um, in my book, I share my own journey of that. And it's so fascinating how so many of us are like waiting for permission to do the thing we want to do, even myself included. So it's like, yes, I'm a highly confident, highly motivated person, but I didn't write this book until somebody literally just said to me, there's something you need to do and you're not doing it. And you know what it is. And immediately I was like, it's write a book. And it's so wild to me that like, literally all of us humans are walking through life, just waiting for somebody to say something like that, to start doing it. So if anybody's listening to this, me and Rachel both want to say there is something you need to do and you know what it is. So go out and do it. And you Um, know what it is like, yes, you know know what it is. Yes. The first thing that popped into your brain. Yes. Yes, You've always known, but what, for whatever reason you're holding yourself back from doing it, you feel like you have imposter syndrome. You're not confident. You, You think that this will upset the apple cart of your life this, like I'm speaking for both of us, this is our permission slip. This book is the permission mm-hmm. slip. Do that because yes. there you're going to wake up the year, the days are long. The years are so short, right? Mm-hmm. You have to do it. You have yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's so funny when I think back to my journey. So I started in corporate world and I'm from Minnesota and you know, it's my parents both worked the same job for decades. And so when I landed a job that had a salary and a 401k and benefits, like that was making it, you know, mm-hmm. and in the story or in the book, I talk about how I was so happy to have this job and so grateful because it is a massive privilege. But I remember this very distinct moment when my boss handed me my five-year plan and never asked like, what do you want in five years? It was literally like, here is where you're going in this career. And, um, 
the story is shared in the book, but I bought a camera because I have always been a highly creative person, but in this corporate setting, I had zero creativity. I had forgotten that I was like a passionate human being. I was just a worker bee at the time. And so my husband and I were planning our wedding. We were fresh out of college. I bought a $300 camera on Craigslist and it like reignited this like spark of creative creativity in my life. And I remember like sleeping with my camera on my nightstand and challenging myself to learn how to shoot, whether it was dark or light. Like I was just so inspired again. And that inspiration led to motivation. And that motivation led me to like question, like, can you really get paid for your passion? And I brought my camera everywhere. And soon people were offering to pay me to take pictures. I was like, this is bananas. Like I will never forget getting $20 and being like, this is crazy. I love this. And so in the book, I talk about how it felt like I was riding two Clydesdales going in opposite directions because here by day I was working this corporate job, which was a requirement. I had student loans. I was paying for a wedding. Like there was no just abandoning my life, but I also had this passion and you know, it's really interesting in the world these days. I feel like a lot of people, you know, there are so many beautiful, beautiful uh, motivational quotes where it's like, you know, pursue your passion, like go with reckless abandon, but you need safety and security in your life. And I want to encourage people like don't abandon the things that have gotten you to this point, but make margin and space for the things that you want to try. And so anything that I've done in my life, whether it's start the gold digger podcast, write my book, um, do photography, it all started as a side hustle, as an experiment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I remember, and what you were referencing, Rachel was like the first time I even said the words, like, I want to be a photographer. Like it felt like this shedding of one identity. And like, I also felt naked on a stage of like, I just like breathed this out loud and somebody else is now holding that dream with me. Um, and so this is also just a reminder of like, speak those things, like own those clothe yourselves in these new identities, like be willing to change, um, because so much good can come from change. Absolutely. And then, you know, boom, just like that, your, your dream is born, right? And you write beautifully, something very significant happens once you decide to step out of your comfort zone and walk toward something new. And I feel, you know, we've talked about this already on just in our short time together so far that so many people carry dreams in their hearts. They never speak them out loud. And then they wake up and you know, they're, they're 80 or whatever. And, and, and it, the, the life just flies so quickly. And we, you know, I think there's a a saying that says the problem is we only thought we had time and it's, and that's so true. I find that to be the biggest tragedy, not even dreams unfulfilled, but dreams never even attempted to be fulfilled. So why do you think so many people, and you talk about this in the book, get stuck in getting their dreams from their hearts to their mouths? You know, it's so interesting because even just looking at like people's visions for their lives or like if we asked every listener, like close your eyes and envision your most vibrant life, like a life you are awake to, a life you're excited about, a life that you're like stepping into, like just with utter confidence, their lives that they're envisioning look so different from the lives that they're living, right? Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is like our human nature. And I'm going to speak for myself here is that there have been so many times in my life where I'm like, I'm going to change or I'm going to be a different person or I'm going to go for it. And like three days in when it gets hard, I quit. 
And I have recognized like this human tendency of like, we just stop believing in ourselves. We stop believing in our ability to follow through. So we just stop trying because it's worse to try and then be disappointed in yourself and sit with that shame or those reminders of like, I once said I was going to do this and I'm not doing that. And like, who am I? What kind of person am I? And so in the book, I talk about how it's so important that instead of setting these like massive audacious action steps that might be really hard for us to follow through on, what if we take these tiny little microscopic steps in the right direction? And while we do that, we build up our confidence in ourselves to finally follow through. Like I know for me, like when I take like these little inches and get a little bit closer, it's not awesome for the internet to see. Nobody notices. Even my husband might not notice those things, but I notice. And it's just like flexing a muscle and building up your muscle. It's like, as you start to get yourself results, even if they're so tiny, you will start to believe in your ability to follow through. And that ability to follow through will build confidence and confidence breeds progress and progress gives you results. And so it's like, I just think there's so many incredible books out there, but it's like, you know, take these massive steps. And it's like, most of us quit when it gets hard, when really we just need to rest or we need to go at a more sustainable pace or we need to move slower and more focused. And so it's really just this permission to like do these tiny little things that the world isn't even going to see, but you're going to know in your heart of hearts that you're finally following through and you're inching your way closer. Yes. And to that point, you know, we live in such an instant gratification society. Where Absolutely. Google and boom, there's the answer. Um, I'm old enough to remember like when I had to look things up in the encyclopedia and yeah. how there wasn't a Google yet. And, you know, we, we have fast food, we can have DoorDash delivered to our door and we're Amazon. just, we're just we, want it, we want to snap our fingers and have our dreams happen. But yeah. the process yeah. is so beautiful. And I can say that as someone that has been through the process, I know you have too. And you write in the book, um, these days we tend to want to fast forward the getting better part. We don't want others to see us trying. We only want to show the success. So I just, I want listeners to know that the process is where the magic happens. I mean, the, the end result is amazing and the mountaintop feels really good, but the climb is, is, is worth it. It's worth it. And sometimes instead of quitting, like you just said, take a rest, take a respite for a minute, but why are we so keen to rush the process when you and I both know that the process is so beautiful? Yeah. It's so funny because even when I became a photographer, I thought being a photographer meant that I would get to shoot photos every day. I didn't realize that being a photographer meant shooting 2% of the time and running the business the other 98. That taught me that like when we pinpoint these goals, these destinations, these dreams, the journey is 98%. The destination is the two. And so how we move through that impacts our lives. That's literally our days become our lives. And so it's really interesting to me. And something that I want people to know is when people ask me like, why do you think you are where you are? I think it is because I have always invited people into the middle, into the part that is like the uncomfortable part into Mm -hmm. the place where it's like, I don't know what the after is going to look like, but I'm not a before anymore. I'm moving through the middle. And to me, 
in our society that eats with its eyes first, that is consuming so much inspiration. It's like, we want to like show the before and after we want the transformation, but we don't want that messy middle. And the messy middle is the most inspiring part of your journey because it invites people to join you, but it also helps people to see like, Hey, she's going for it. And I can too, or, Hey, she's trying this new thing. And like, who knows if it's going to work, but that gives me permission. And so I have literally throughout my entire career, let people in on that middle piece. And that is truly where the magic happens. That is where you grow. That is where you evolve. That is where you build community. And you said something, you said like the mountaintop is great, but one of my friends, Brendan Burchard always says like, if you get to the mountaintop and you're all alone, you did it wrong. And so when you show that messy middle, when you invite people into that, you are literally like linking arms with people and moving through life in a way that is so much more rich, but it also helps other people through. And I think at the core of most of us, we want to leave this world a better place. And we also want to make a difference. And I think showing people that middle is exactly how you do that. And that's why I think this book is going to be a massive bestseller. That's why your podcast gold digger is is such a success. That's why you are so successful just because you invite us in because Instagram, look, it's just so curated, right? And it's just not real. And it's, it's what you're showing is real. And it's, it's those, the valley and the climb is where we learn. The mountaintop is where we celebrate. We love that, right? Everybody wants that, but there's no growth. There's no learning without the messy middle, as you Mm -hmm. said, and, and it is to be embraced and not rushed through because I'm in, I'm in a situation right now. I'm um, looking, you know, I'm, I'm losing a significant amount of weight and I'm at I'm totally in the messy middle right now. I mean, I am, I am um, literally taking it one pound at a time, but I'm, you know, I'm taking this big goal that I have and really breaking it down into granular bits, like truly pound by pound and brick by brick. And I'm learning so much in this messy middle. I I don't, I want to get to my goal, but I don't want to skip this either. Yes. And, and, and I'm not going to quit. And I feel like so many of us quit because it gets hard and it is hard. There's no way around that, but I want to, I want to talk about change for a minute. You write in the book about the beauty of change. And yeah. I love how you phrase that. It's miraculous that we get to change, grow yeah. and, and really access more of our truest self piece by piece. I feel like we meet more of ourselves each year that passes each month that passes even. And you write that you hope readers learn how to accept change as a process of being alive. So many people, this is me speaking now, not you. So many people are afraid of change, but it's beautiful. And back to you, because when you do, you'll stop feeling that urge to run in the opposite direction when it comes and oh, how it will. That is so beautifully said. So how would you suggest other than reading your book that readers accept all of the changes that come as they pursue their dreams and, and not be afraid of change? Yeah. It's fascinating. There's so many studies done on, if you ask people how they feel about change, it is the vast majority hate it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that the world actually taught us a beautiful lesson in these really challenging recent years that we went through because change brings uncertainty, right? And we all just survived the greatest time length of uncertainty of our lifetimes. We made it through and hopefully we made it through as different people, people with different values, people who look at their life differently, people who value their health differently. Like there's so many things. It's like, you're not meant to come out of experiences the same person. Yeah, exactly. 
when we think about change and it being coupled with uncertainty, I think that should excite us. It shouldn't make us scared. It shouldn't make us nervous. And in the book, I talk about how, like when we used to sign yearbooks, we would say like, please don't change because there's this connotation with this idea of change. Like if you change, will you still like me? If you change, will we still have things in common? If you change, like, will we still be friends? And at the end of that chapter, I just say, if I could go back and sign all those yearbooks, I would say, I can't wait to watch you change. I can't wait to see who you become. And I often tell my daughter that I'm like, I love who you're becoming because it's just this invitation of like, you are not stuck. Your identity is not fixed. You can continue to grow and evolve. And I hope that you do. And part of the reason why I think we're so afraid of change is a lot of people that resist change are stuck. Right. And so there was recently this like Instagram reel. And it was like, do you want to know why the people closest to you are the last ones to cheer you on? It's because they watch you changing and evolving while they are still in the same place. And so when you understand that it gives you permission and there's a line in the book that I love, and it's no, it's no one else's job to understand your vision. It's no one else's job. Yes. You do not need to fight your way to prove what it is that you think is worthy of the call. And so when we think of change, I think it's such a beautiful thing. And part of writing this book was me recognizing I'm going to contradict myself. Like this book is what I know this far. And I love that because that opens up all of these invitations to continue becoming and to continue meeting the next version of myself and to continue clothing myself in new identities. And I just think that's awesome. I mean, thank God we get to change, right? I don't right? want to be woman that I was pre-COVID. Yeah. I mean, I was focused on all of the wrong things. It mm-hmm. really, I mean, I would never wish for that again, obviously, but it realigned me. And I yeah. thank God I'm not, the, I'm 35. Thank God I'm not the woman I was at 30. And when I'm 40, I hope I'll say, thank God I'm Same not the thing. woman I was at 35. Yes. And it's, it's, it's such a gift that we get to continually grow and meet ourselves and become, and, and I love the word becoming, I yeah. am becoming, you are yeah. becoming, we are all becoming, and we're not there yet. I mean, 35, am I supposed to have all the answers? Maybe says society, but I don't, and I don't yeah, want to, no. I don't, I don't ever, we ever will. learning and growing. How sad, like for yeah. the, for the latter half of my life to never learn and grow. Yeah. And you close the book by writing, keep going your work, just like my work on this book will need to be done in silence with no one watching you'll need to do it in your own way in your own time you'll need to do it in a way that feels right not just looks right so I'm just wondering what would you say to the listener right now who's obviously going to go run and pick up your book on June 28th when it comes out but what would you say to a listener at the beginning of their journey they have listened to this conversation they know exactly what life is tugging on their heartstrings to do. They know what they were put on this earth to do. And they feel that as I, even as I say that, and what would you say to someone at the beginning, a journey, you know, you're now deep into your journey, you're writing books about your journey, but what would you say to someone that's just knows what they're meant to do? And they, they just need to start taking those steps towards it. The real work begins in the privacy of your own heart. And I think that that is something that we've lost in this hyper-connected peer-reviewed world that we live in. And I love the internet and I love Instagram and I love all of those things, but how do you feel about yourself when you're with yourself? Like that is the question. And I would say that if you don't know the answer, or if you're scared to listen for it, then that is the greatest invitation to do it, to step into that. And so there are so many opportunities. I was doing this meditation 
And it said like, you don't worship the gate, you go into the temple. And I feel like in the world that we live in, we're worshiping the gate, the way things look, but we're not actually stepping into the temple and really like honoring who we are as human beings and what we desire. And so I would just say like, you're not broken if you've arrived and you're not happy. Like nothing is wrong with you. If you haven't accomplished your laundry list of things that you thought you'd accomplish at this stage of life, this is your invitation to wake up to life. It is happening. You are living it. Your legacy is happening as you listen to this, but I want for you to not listen to my story, but to come home to yours. And so this is your invitation to get quiet with yourself, to get honest with yourself. And if you need a guide on the journey, just like I need a guide when I meditate, this book is waiting for you. Amen. And let me tell you, someone that uh, achieved, I, I was a bit of a late bloomer on my dreams. It feels even better later yeah. because you're like, finally, I appreciate, yeah. I'm able to appreciate this even more. Yeah. And, you know, I want to ask you, what do you hope readers ultimately get out of the book? Yeah. You know, the subtitle of the book is living your truth one answer at a time. And just like you suggested, Rachel, like now this has become a practice in your life of like checking in with yourself. It's like when our Apple watch pings and it tells us to breathe and we're like, oh yeah, I've been breathing all day, but I haven't thought about breathing and I haven't been doing a good job of breathing. Yeah. It's like this invitation. Um, someone recently told me, they said, it is so much more than a book. It's a philosophy. This is just the ex, like the explanation of this philosophy of how to live this enriched life, this life that you love living, but this life that you're awake to so that you don't miss it. And that is what I hope is that people come back to their truth, not my truth, but theirs. Um, and that they kind of make a home in that practice. Yes. Uh, it's so good. My last question for you, I have to close by asking you this yeah. question. It is the title of the book after all. <laughs> Jenna, today, how are you really? Oh, oh my gosh. It's so funny. Um, Rach, one of my team members literally just did that to me. And she's like, <laughs> okay, just checking in full, be brutally honest. And I told her and she goes, I can hear the lightness in your voice. I have truly, truly, truly never felt more energized and aligned in my entire life. And I'm a mom of two little ones. So I'm like awake at night but I am jumping out of bed these days because I am so proud of this book and I just know it's going to make a difference. And like, I feel so energized. I've never been busier in my life and yet I've never like moved through life. I feel like I'm like floating on a breeze. So I am incredible and incredibly excited and incredibly grateful. And I'm just like getting this book out into the world feels like the best thing I've ever done in my whole life. Ah. Well, you've already made, I'm so happy to hear that you've already made a difference in this life right here. So um, how are you really living your truth? One answer at a time is out June 28th. Jenna, my gosh, what an honor. Thank you so much for being here today. Aww, thank you for having me, Rachel. Jenna, 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 thank you for lighting up my day, honestly, my week and my month when we spoke. You are the real deal, and this book is a true gift. So friends, what are you reading and loving? I haven't asked that question in a couple of episodes. Drop me an email at hello, I'd rather be reading at gmail.com and let me know. We'll be back soon. And until then, grab some books, get somewhere cool. I don't know about you, but it is burning up down here in Birmingham, Alabama, and enjoy your summer. We'll talk soon.